It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. We're Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on the all-new Odyssey app. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode, recapping... The NFL draft for the Green Bay Packers is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We know what the situation is with the first round pick, Eric Stokes. We're going to talk about all of the picks sort of together in an overarching way today. Uh, There are no substantive updates on the Aaron Rodgers situation. Uh, We're going to touch on it a little bit at the end. I don't want this to dominate every discussion that we have on this podcast every single day uh, for the next six months or uh, until we have some sort of conclusion. But it is something that we are unfortunately going to have to continue to talk about until there is some sort of resolution here. Um, But let's get to the draft because that is actionable uh, news that we can talk about and, and how it impacts this team. So when you look at the entirety of this draft class for Green Bay and you go back before the draft, we went in believing that this team needed to get better at corner. They needed to add offensive line health, particularly potentially find a solution at offensive tackle for the future. I think the fact that they maybe didn't do that says something, perhaps telegraphs the way that they're thinking about their right tackle position long-term. We thought they needed to add a run-after-catch receiver and that they would add some sort of overhang defender, safety, hybrid-type player. Guess what? They did all of those things. They did all of those things. And this is a draft that strikes me as an unsexy draft because they didn't take you know, these big swings on guys. And it's not a bunch of high upside guys that could all become superstars. Eric Stokes physically fits that profile in terms of, okay, if he can unlock that body at that size, 6'1", 195, who runs 4'25", and jumps 43 and, and all that stuff, if he can unlock that part of his game, yeah, sure. We could be talking about a really good cornerback. We could be talking about, you know, I, I think the comparison I made in my notes and Mark Eckel, who is uh, a longtime uh, NFL beat writer, my, my colleague over at Packer Report, talked to some NFL scouts. They had him cornerback four, by the way, those scouts and in the poll that he did. Uh, he said, 
they they that was a name that came up for him sam shields so just something to keep in mind here uh now first round pick versus udfa but he is someone who i think green bay is going to expect to be a, a backup primarily to start this season and earn some reps remember a few years ago when the packers drafted kevin king he seemed like he was you know, CB4, CB5 when training camp opened. And then all of a sudden, week one, he was out there in dime. He was out there in nickel. And I, I think that's what you're going to see with Stokes. I think if, if Kevin King gets hurt, he's going to get an opportunity to compete for that spot as well. And guess what? Kevin King um, always gets hurt. So it wasn't just Eric Stokes, though. On day three, they go out and they draft Shamar Jean Charles from Appalachian State. And the cool thing about him, so he's undersized he is not uh going to wow you physically the same way that eric stokes does but what he does is he wins with intelligence with preparation with film study i mean he talked about this in a great interview over at the draft network um that that you know he feels like the work can be done in the off season that you know you you can identify tendencies and you can figure out you know route combinations and all that stuff 511 190 it's not like he's small he's not small but he's not huge outside and what he's best doing is reading routes and breaking on the football he's got terrific timing and ball skills in terms of the cornerbacks in this class one of the top 2 at getting his hands and contesting passes. It's him and Patrick Sertain. Patrick Sertain was a top 10 pick. And Shamar Jean Charles has a similar pass breakup rate to him. Now playing in the Sun Belt versus the SEC. But we're talking about a guy who could come in and compete to play in the nickel. And at his size, he's not having to run with guys in man coverage. He's not going to have to press anyone on the outside. He was someone coming into the draft that I thought Green Bay would not take just from a size speed standpoint. He doesn't have the traditional um, athleticism that they look for. But I, I kind of like that that they took this, this um, chance on him in the fifth round. And, and that's what you can do in the fifth. You can just say, okay, this guy might not be a perfect athletic fit for us, but scheme fit. We like his instincts. We like his intelligence. And that's what you really like about him. Um, he's not as fast as Tremont Williams, but I think he plays the game in a similar way in terms of being able to play with his eyes through the quarterback, being able to play off, which is what this team is going to do a lot, and sit in his zone, understand where receivers are going to be, and break on the ball. And he's someone who, and I thought this was great. He said, look, I, nothing has been given to me my whole life. This was on a, on a call with reporters. So if I have to go out and play special teams, that's fine. I, I, I know that I need to go out and earn my opportunities. And that is a, a through line in this draft. That they picked a bunch of guys who are quality people. They are hard workers. They are high character people. A lot of, of athletic families. And that is something that they think and admitted that they look for. They look for the bloodlines. Now, it wasn't just uh, the cornerback position where they doubled up. They invested heavily at offensive line. So their second round pick, Josh Myers, is speaking of athletic families, dad who played D1 ball, uh, brother who played D1 ball, mom who played D1 basketball, is in the Dayton Hall of Fame 
and she had to give up volleyball as a freshman because she was pre-med. <laughs> I mean, what an incredible lady. And Josh Myers, a two-year starter at Ohio State, dude is nasty. He is nasty and he's not a he's not a mauler in in that he's going to move guys off the line of scrimmage he's not a road grader but he's a terrific positional blocker he's a good athlete and he's big 65310 experienced played in big games at Ohio State and i i think he's he's someone who they said they thought they thought could play guard we don't know if he actually can but this is interesting because they take Josh Myers here he's a, he's a guard center they take Royce Newman from Ole Miss in the fourth. He's a guard tackle. He could play tackle or guard, and they wouldn't say. They said, we'll just throw him out there. Let Adam Stenovich decide where he's going to play. And in the sixth, they take local boy Cole Van Lannen from the University of Wisconsin. He's a tackle at Wisconsin, but it sounds like he is going to be tried at guard early in his career. So Green Bay has David Bakhtiari. He is the left tackle, no question about that. After that, it seems like they're just going to let the guys go out and compete. They're just going to let it shake out. So if they're taking all these guys who are interior offensive linemen, and last year on day three, they took all these guys who are interior offensive linemen, it may be the case that they have just decided Elton Jenkins is the right tackle of the future, and they'll figure out who can play next to him. And in 2021... He's going to be the left guard in all likelihood. David Bakhtiari is going to get back at some point. Maybe you slide Elton Jenkins out to left tackle in the short term. Stick Billy Turner at right tackle in the short term because he's probably, you'd rather have the continuity, right? You'd rather have, once once Bakhtiari gets back, you'd rather have Turner just stay where he is versus flipping left to right. Have Jenkins play left tackle and then figure out who needs to start in the interior. Because now you've got Josh Myers, you've got John Runyon Jr., You've got Lucas Patrick, depending on, you know, I assume Royce Newman is going to be the swing tackle. And then you have Cole Van Lannen, in addition to Josh Nijman and whoever, Steven Stepanek, uh, and maybe Jake Hansen, you know, comes back a little bit better and gives you an opportunity to make the roster. The most likely to me is that Josh Myers wins that center job. And then it's a battle for the guard spots, whether it's Lucas Patrick at left guard, right guard, John Runyon. um, And and then you you let the other guys compete. And maybe, look, if Newman is one of the best five, they're going to play Newman. Uh, That's that's how this team operates. They're going to put the best five offensive linemen on the field and, and just let the chips fall where they may. All of these guys, I mean, Josh Myers, he was a top 60 player for Daniel Jeremiah. Um, He was... On the consensus board, the Packers hot list, he was on it. Uh, On the consensus board, he was more like 72. He goes at 70. Okay, not a problem. Not a problem. He's This was right in the range where he was expected to go. This is good value. Josh Myers, um, Royce Newman had a really good senior bowl. He's a little bit older, 6'5", 3'10", almost the exact same size, but he's athletic. He was also on the the hot list. Um, You know, maybe he projects best at guard, but... He is someone who walls off extremely well um, and fits perfectly in this zone blocking scheme. And and that's what you want. I mean, that's that's where this team is going and it's where they've been, but it's also where they're going to continue to go. And, th- and it's the same with Cole Van Lannan. I mean, I think he's going to have a chance to compete. I mean, he's a left tackle in the NFL. I love that. Um, but, you know, he's got a little shorter arms, so he's a guard. 
but is athletic enough to have played tackle at Wisconsin. No, he can play in the run game. And, and that is the basis of this offense. And so that is where Green Bay centered their resources. They knew they needed to get better here. They knew they needed to get better along the offensive line, the depth along the offensive line, because the depth killed them last year. Rick Wagner was hurt. They didn't have an alternative. David Bakhtiari gets hurt. So they had to play some guys out of position. They didn't have the depth. Now, I do think they also erred by not just sliding Elton Jenkins out. I think he was one of your two best tackles rather than Rick Wagner. Keep Billy Turner at right tackle and put John Runyon Jr. in there. I understand, though, you want the veteran out there even if he's a little banged up. I get that. I just think that that was a mistake in this case. All right, Packer fans, listen up. Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, and they're offering a free bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels, plus increase energy and lean muscle mass. Also, if you text now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape. And it's absolutely free. Just text DRAFT to 231-231. It is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ad say, she'll like it too. There is a reason Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. It works. Message and data rates apply. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. NFL futures are up there for you to bet on. NBA playoffs are around the corner. The NHL, the Triple Crown, we had the Kentucky Derby, the first leg over the weekend. Aaron Rodgers was there. We didn't get to hear from him. And if you would have asked Bet Online, I bet they would have put odds on whether or not he was going to speak to the media. That's how they roll. They've got odds and props for just about anything you can think of. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game and make money off your sports knowledge. Go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. That's right. You put money in, use the promo code locked on, and they will match that first deposit up. To 50% because Bet Online is your online sportsbook expert. All right, so I think everyone mostly agreed that the most pressing needs, at least Packer fans agreed, the national media has a different view of this and they're silly, uh, that the most pressing needs on this team, depth at offensive line and corner. No cornerback too reasonably on this team, and they needed some depth along the offensive line. So they invested heavily in those spots. Brian Gutekunst said going into the draft, that's what they wanted to do. Interestingly, so Josh Myers goes at uh, pick 62. The Packers say they had Amari Rogers. Brian Gutekunst said as soon as we picked Josh, that he turned to his lieutenants and said, we need to get Amari. That they had them graded roughly the same and that they were going back and forth on who to draft in that spot. I'm sure they believed that the interior offensive line dropped off more than, than the receiver and that they could hopefully get him after that or that they could trade up to get him. The fit with Amari Rogers is glorious. They move up seven spots to 85 to take Amari Rogers. That's right in the range where I think a lot of people thought he would go. Um, Dame Brugler at the Athletic had him in the 60s, which is right where the Packers valued him. ESPN had him at 86, which is basically right where he went. 
And he is the perfect player to throw into that jet sweep, screen game, uh, mesh concept, slant RPO player right away. Can he be more than that? That is going to be the question with Amari Rodgers. He can be what Tyler Urban was to the Packers early, right? He can do that stuff. He can return punts, return kicks, jet sweeps, end arounds, some of those gadget plays, put him in the backfield with Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon. I think that is a terrific way to use him. The question is going to be how much can he give you as a pure receiver? I think a lot. Now, he is he big? No. 5'9 and change, 5'10 to 12 Built like a running back, but not like Ty Montgomery. Ty Montgomery is is built like a running back, but is a little tall, uh, a little high cut, and just never really had the, the feel for the position. I think you could line Amari Rodgers up in the backfield for Green Bay, not miss a beat. I think he could. you could run outside zone with Amari Rodgers all day. He's going to wear number eight. So uh, defenses are always going to have to account for where he's lining up. And that gives them so much flexibility. We were wondering going into the draft, is that position, we, we had a feeling it would be addressed. We didn't know if they were going to stick to their thresholds there. And one of the reasons, and I talked about it on the show, uh, that I thought they wouldn't is because that player is a very specific type. And that Matt LaFleur was going to pound the table for some guys. The, the Jalen Dardens, the D. Eskridges, the Amari Rogers, the Demetric Feltons of the world. Demetric Felton went to the Browns. They run a very similar offense. Not surprising. Rodgers as a slot receiver, and that's what he's going to be for this team, can bring a lot of what Randall Cobb did in terms of his ability to win quickly, his ability to break tackles. Uh, He is a special player after the catch. And I think his speed is a little bit underrated. He ran 4.57. Devontae Adams ran 4.56. He can get down the field. On the outside, I mean, he had, he had a touchdown on a double move, a little stutter go. His ability to stop and start, to change directions, is excellent, regardless of what the testing numbers say. And, and they're not outstanding for him. But you, you watch him play and you just go, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the testing numbers. When you watch him, you just go, this guy's explosive. And, and sometimes that's how players are. There are some players who are just like that. And Green Bay showed a willingness here to fill a specific role and say, well, we don't care about that. We care about the traits. We care about filling this specific niche thing for the team. But that does raise the question about what more can he be for the offense? Uh, Like I said, I think he can be more than that. I think he can be a player who can become a legitimate part of your offense. Now, is he ever going to be that true number two Randall Cobb thousand yard receiver? You know, the the Randall Cobb to the to Jordy Nelson in 2014. I don't know, but you also don't need that player in this offense. He fits. This is such an obvious, easy fit. You have Devontae Adams, who you can use everywhere. When you need eight yards on third and six, Devontae Adams can get you that. You have MVS, who can open up things down the field, who can threaten defenses, and who can create explosive plays for you down the field, vertically. And then you have Alan Lazard, who is your power forward. Someone who is going to be a monster blocker for you, 
a possession receiver and who you can scheme up shot plays for when everyone wants to pay attention to Devonte adams all of a sudden now lazard who's a four five guy is running by somebody and you're just like wait what happened i mean ask the la rams how that works out if you're going to scream down in the, in the play action game with your safeties alan lazard is going to run a post and beat your quarters coverage and that's that's a, a great value for him as your sort of wide receiver two and a half. You know, he and MVS are both wide receiver two and a half. Now you add someone like Amari Rogers, and you can run those RPO screens. You can run those RPO slants. You can run those end arounds, those jet sweeps. They didn't have anyone to give the jet for like a month after Tyler Irvin got hurt. Green Bay's offense looked different. Go back and watch that Minnesota game. They used so much jet motion, and they gave the ball to Tyler Urban a couple times. And when he was on the field for the next month after that, teams were scared. Teams had to account for that jet. When he got hurt, Matt LaFleur went away from it because he didn't feel like he had a guy who could do that, who could give them that jet motion and, and could be a reasonable threat there. You know, they tried it with MVS. He corners like a Buick. It can't be on Lazard. Now you can you can use Aaron Jones, and I would like to see them use Aaron Jones a little bit more in that role. You can use Kylan Hill, who the Packers drafted in the seventh. I love Kylan Hill. I love the value there. I thought he was more like a fourth round player, fifth round player. He is Jamal Williams in terms of he's not a huge back, but he runs with power. In fact, he's almost identical in terms of size to Aaron Jones, but he runs with that force that Jamal Williams does. He is a one-cut downhill runner, and he is a better-than-expected pass catcher, a lot like Jamal Williams. Now, is he the blocker in pass protection that Jamal Williams is? No. But you know what I love? The pinned tweet on his profile, and this seems silly, is him catching passes. It's him running routes. As if to say, yeah, I can do this. So he's going to come in and he's going to have to play because Aaron Jones and or A.J. Dillon are going to miss time. And now you have a legit third running back who played in the SEC, who can handle the wear and tear. And, and by the way, who I think is an underrated pass catcher. So you add this pair of weapons to your offense and the fit is is just obvious. It's just obvious. And I think you've rounded out your offense. This was the best offense in the league last year for all of the wailing and gnashing of teeth about a lack of weapons. Adding Amari Rodgers is providing the precise skill set that this offense lacked. So while I think it is a little disingenuous to say, well, they were the best offense in the league, that's not the same as saying they can't improve because we saw in, in a couple games last year when teams went and rushed four and dropped their, their safeties deep Green Bay struggled to win down the field, and they didn't have that guy who they could just throw the ball to and go make a play. Now they do. Now they do. And they couldn't get Aaron Jones those opportunities in space. Maybe this year they can add A.J. Dillon to that mix. And you feel comfortable with him catching passes out on those little swing route um, screen RPO looks. Maybe you line up Jones next to Rodgers or Love, and you send A.J. Dillon out in motion. And now you throw it to him on the edge, coming downhill at a, at a couple corners who are a buck eighty five, a buck ninety, and see how that goes. I mean, that could be a fun wrinkle. You can put Amari Rogers in the backfield with Aaron Jones or with AJ Dillon. There are so many different ways that you can use him. 
That is just a little infusion of talent that this offense could really have used. And, and then you just add in Isaiah McDuffie from Boston College and TJ Slayton from Florida, who are just, you know, nice depth pieces. You know, is, is Slayton going to come in and, and win the starting nose job from Kenny Clark? No. Is he someone who on early downs could give you some run stuffing? You know, could play a, a Tyler Lancaster role? Yeah, he could. The guy is massive, 6'4", 330, former guard, first step explosive, can penetrate, can eat blockers. I think he could allow Kenny Clark to play a little bit more pass rush, a little bit more three tech to go penetrate and, and try and beat guards to the quarterback. Let Kingsley Kiki do that. When Kenny Clark is off the field, it's just a nice depth piece. This draft was about adding value and and guys with high floors. This is this is a draft where there are a number of players who can come in right away and help your football team. And so for whatever you want to say about the Packers and winning now and the draft and drafting for the future and all that stuff, this is a draft that theoretically can be helpful to them down the line, but also could be helpful for them right away. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So many different flavors for you to choose from. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, peanut butter, coconut, almond, toffee, almond, peanut butter, brownie. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And yet, they are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high Fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. We got a little information over the weekend. And I'm, I'm underplaying it a little bit. Because on Friday... I believe it was Friday, Friday or Saturday over the weekend. Um, Charles Robinson for Yahoo wrote a piece in which he said reconciliation with Green Bay is likely only possible if Brian Gutekinst is not there. That this is where the rubber meets the road for Rodgers. That he thinks and has thought since the Packers drafted Jordan Love that it was Brian Gutekinst's plan to replace Rodgers after a year, even though financially that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, there's just no way. Two years after drafting him, sure. One year, no. Doesn't make sense. But when apparently they didn't tell him and they didn't tell the coach that this was going to happen ahead of time, uh, presumably he was on the conference call when they literally drafted him, but they didn't realize that the Packers were high enough on him to pull the trigger in that spot. That's what it seems like. And when Aaron Rodgers came to the team and said, I want an extension, because that is the way that it's now being reported, Green Bay said, how about a restructure? And that simple restructure would have given him essentially one more year of security. Presumably he wanted more than that and that that was the last straw. The, you want to replace me, this is this is BS and I'm out. And... It went from zero to 60 like that. Again, it doesn't make sense to me um, how it can how it can get that bad that fast. Um, Rogers uh, for the Kentucky Derby did not want to comment, but said he was disappointed that that the news had leaked, even though, of course, it was obviously his side that leaked it. Uh, don't insult my intelligence. Uh, the Packers benefit in no way. 
from leaking this. Um, and he also said he loves Green Bay and emphasized that to Mike Tirico. This was, of course, a hedge. And even in that Yahoo piece that says, oh, you know, Rodgers, he wants Brian Gutekunst out. Um, it, it, it mentions that there is still possibility for reconciliation and that Rodgers is, is leaving the door open to be able to walk this back. And it wouldn't be hard to do that, right? Green Bay finds some amenable solution. They're not going to fire Brian Gutekunst. Uh, they might trade Jordan Love. That's possible. If they, if they do want to commit to Rodgers for the next three or four years, if they think that's enough, that would be risky because what's to stop him from being in this position in a year from now or two years from now? And, you know, ha- having this same sort of, you know, nuclear meltdown here. I-, I don't I don't know how this resolves or get fixed from from that standpoint. I think you, you may just feel like the best option is to say player leave. Player retire. If he if he wants to retire, it's twenty nine million that he has to give back in signing bonus. That seems pretty unlikely to me. Which is why I continue to believe that some solution will be reached. Cooler heads will prevail, and Rodgers will be back on this team because the names that are out there, the teams. You know, we we got the leak yesterday. Oh, he's intrigued by the Raiders. If he's intrigued by the Raiders, then we know this is not about winning. We know this is not about putting a team around him that is going to compete for a Super Bowl. It is about being in control because, and even that is a little crazy because John Gruden is clearly in control in Las Vegas, but maybe he feels like he's going to have the ear of the guy in charge a little bit more. Brian Gutekunst said over the weekend, he would welcome input from Aaron Rodgers, but that Rodgers has never offered it and never asked to offer it. Who knows if that's true, but it did sound like an olive branch from the team when he, when he gave that and, and Gutekunst admitted Handled the situation poorly, did not communicate sufficiently as they went through the Jordan Love process in particular. But the Raiders have a much worse roster than Green Bay. They're the fourth most talented team in the AFC West. So going to Oakland, excuse me, Las Vegas, is not about winning. It's about going to a situation where you feel like you'd have more say. And maybe that's what he wants and he's earned that right and he can do whatever makes him happy. Right, I, I don't begrudge him that at all. If he wants to go somewhere that he feels like his input is more valued and, and he would he wants to be happy there, go with God. If that's what you want to do, I understand it. I respect it. Go be happy. Just don't just don't say it's about winning, because it's not. It's not. It's just not. There is, there isn't a situation he could reasonably go to where he would be in a in a more talented situation. Than the, the the Packers, unless the 49ers are are going to trade Trey Lance. Unless the 49ers are going to trade Trey Lance. Because if he goes to the 49ers, yeah, they're the favorites. That's a that's a really good team. And they play a system that that Rodgers knows well. And we just saw him destroy the world with. But if he goes to Denver, I don't know. Remember, they got to give up people. They got to give up pieces. He's not just going to Denver for a bunch of first round picks. Like you got it, you got a Jerry Judy's coming back, Patrick Sertain's coming back, uh, Noah Fant's coming back, and first round picks. How talented is that team gonna look with a shoddy offensive line throwing a KJ Hamler, Corlin Sutton, who's had who's had trouble staying on the field, and a defense that really lacks superstar talent outside of Justin Simmons. You know, Von Miller is is getting up there in age. Bradley Chubb has had issues staying on the field. Where is the elite talent on that team? Where is it? 
So that's why I think ultimately cooler heads will prevail because I think Rogers is going to look around the landscape. Number one, the tide seems to be turning on this. Initially, it was like, oh, I can't believe the Packers, et cetera, et cetera. But now that it's come out, oh, Green Bay actually offered a contract extension. And they've said, hey, you know, they've they've been working on this. They've been trying to to assuage whatever issues that he's having. They're willing to listen to him. They're willing to commit to him long term. So then what's the issue? It seems like now that everyone knows that. At least based on, you know, my very scientific study of my Twitter mentions, there are a lot of Packer fans who are going, what's the beef guy? What are we doing? Why? Like. Just come play. Let's go win a Super Bowl. And I, I think for someone who cares as much about his legacy as Rodgers has said he does, you know, in February, he went on Pat McAfee's show and said, I, I can't see any reason why I wouldn't be with Green Bay. Now, now there's a reason. But the Packers have, have tried to say and do everything that they can to fix this situation publicly. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And, and we don't know what's being said behind the scenes. All we know is what's being said and done publicly. And so we know this is a problem because the Packers have acknowledged it. Rodgers has acknowledged it. There, there can be no more questions about that. This is real. It is a problem. And it is something that they have to figure out. And because the issues are so nebulous to me that I, I just think eventually this will become a situation where everyone is everyone knows Green Bay is not trading him. And, and teams have not even been calling because they know the Packers are not doing a deal. And I think we will reach a certain point when Rodgers realizes, okay, Green Bay is going to hold the line. I can either, if I want to keep playing, it can be in Green Bay or I have to retire. Does he want to retire and get back $29 million? We'll see. I doubt it. I doubt it. But that's just me. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, Nick Vile. Packers superfan is going to be on the show this week. We're going to talk about that and we're going to start our rookie orientation series. So we're going to start trying to get some people on to talk about this rookie class to figure out how they fit in, what kind of players they are, what kind of people they are. We're going to deep dive every single player in this draft between now and August before you see them on the field, which means we got a lot of work to do because nine players, it's a lot. It's a lot, uh, but it, it'll be a fun time. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.